Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. I want to tell you a story, a story about a team that is either loved or hated. There really isn't a middle ground. And I believe the reason for this is it can be found in a 1978 NFL film that calls this team America's team. This team has been a staple on Thanksgiving Day since 1966, meaning that on every Thanksgiving Day after the Detroit Lions play, this team will play. This team can boast, listen to this, 28 Hall of Famers, five Super Bowl championships, 10 conference championships, 23 divisional championships, one of the greatest head coaches of all time and the NFL's all-time leading rusher, along with scores of great memories. Of course, this team is the Dallas Cowboys. This team is as well-known around the world as any other team in any other sport, maybe only rivaled by the New York Yankees in notoriety. If you grew up in the 1970s or 80s, you probably were a fan of either the Steelers or the Cowboys. You either wanted to be Terry Bradshaw or Roger Staubach when you played football in the backyard. This team, love them or hate them, really shows how football can become family. Here are some trivia facts about the Cowboys that I thought might be interesting to you. They are the first of the NFL's modern expansion teams. Their first year's record was 0-11, and no wins, 11 losses. As of the end of the 2019 season, their win-loss tie record is 520 wins, 388 losses, and six ties. They really did turn that 0-11 record around in a hurry. Their first coach was Tom Landry. He was fired in 1988, having served as the Cowboys' only coach over that span. Since that time, the Cowboys have had eight head coaches. They have won five Super Bowls in 71, 77, 92, 93, 95, and if it wasn't for the Steelers, they would have won more. They are the first team to send at least 13 players to a single Pro Bowl in 2007. From 1966 to 1985, the Cowboys had 20 consecutive winning seasons, which is unbelievable. Bob Lilly was their first draft pick from 1961 to 1974. He played, started 196 games. He was in... He was in the All-NFL, All-Decade team in 1960 and 1970. He is one of the top 100 NFL players of all time, a seven-time first-team All-Pro, and made 11 Pro Bowls. I think he did okay. They played in the now-mythic Ice Bowl in 1967. Kickoff was negative 13 degrees Fahrenheit with negative 40-degree wind chill. They lost Super Bowl V against the Baltimore the Colts. 
This game is historical because it marks the only time in NFL history that the losing team, the Cowboys, had a player win the MVP for the game, Chuck Howley. In 1989, what is called the Great Train Robbery sent Herschel Walker from the Cowboys to the Vikings for a load of draft picks back to the Cowboys. This helped build the Cowboys dynasty in the 1990s. The first touchdown was scored by a man named Daryl Hanna Jr. Now, remember how I said that football is family? Well, today I get to show that. My uncle, who is a huge Cowboys fan, is my guest. He will introduce himself during the interview part of the show. Going to his house on Thanksgiving is one of the things that always made that day great. You can always expect to see the the Cowboys game on when we're there. I hope you enjoy getting to know my uncle. Thank you for joining us at the Football is Family podcast right now. I'd like to welcome everybody to the podcast, uh, Football is Family, and I have a special guest. Can you introduce yourself, please? My name is Roger Yates, and I am a fan of the Dallas Cowboys. Now, he's special because he is my uncle, and I have been around him all my life. And uh, we've actually enjoyed uh, NFL for uh, quite a time. And uh, Uncle Roger, I remember back when I was younger and we made a bet on the Super Bowl and I didn't follow through with it. I think over the years, maybe I have. But I think you were pulling for the 49ers and I was pulling for the Bengals and I didn't feel, fulfill the, uh, the bet completely. Do you remember that? No, I don't. But if I was pulling for the 49ers, I was having a very weak moment. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I was supposed to uh, take some wood and and fill up my grandmother's porch, and I did part of it, but I didn't do it all the way. I I wasn't betting with my heart. I was using my head, probably. (laughs) Well, you knew, and I believe it was the game that Joe Montana came back and won at the last second, doing what he does best. Now, I've yeah. got some questions for you, and uh, before before the this this uh, this question and answer goes through, I'm going to do a little bit of history of the Dallas Cowboys, okay? And then I'm going to lead into this discussion. But can you tell me why you are a fan of the Dallas Cowboys? Sure. I was in the United States Air Force, and I was my first uh, – Station. Well, I spent my entire three and a half years in Dallas and Fort Worth. So being a poor GI, uh, not having any money to go out anywhere, having a part-time job besides being in the Air Force, I worked at a service station. And uh, it was every Sunday that they played, we'd, we'd listen to the games on the radio. And it just, that's where it all originated from. So you also, uh, if I remember correctly, you also served at the original Dallas Cowboy Stadium as well. Well, I had an opportunity one time okay. uh, in, the, in the Air Force. They came by and they were looking for uh, security guards just for a preseason game. And I volunteered and, and got to go to the uh, what was the old Texas Stadium and – 
got to uh, stand out in the parking lot in direct traffic and then eventually got to move in and um, uh, see a portion of the game. So that was my very first experience of, of being inside the Texas Stadium. Now, the you have been to the, the new stadium a few times. Um, it's not the same as the old, is it, at all? Well, I guess because of my age, um, I don't enjoy – the new stadium as much as I did the old one. I personally think that uh, the new stadium is much too large, that they don't enjoy the home field advantage that they had in the, in the older stadium. Um, but yes, I have been to the new stadium probably about 10 times. 10 times. Now, uh, if I remember correctly in the old stadium, they left the, the roof open so God can watch his team play. Yes. Well, yeah, there, there was no, uh, there was a slit or a hole in, in the, in the opening. So uh, God could watch his favorite team play. And, but the fans could stay dry, but the field was, was under the weather conditions. And if it happened to rain or whatever, uh, or snow, I was there one time when it snowed and, um, uh, very, very enjoyable. I just, I just like the old stadium. Now, I remember uh, growing up, we would go to your house, and we still do for for Thanksgiving. And uh, we would have, you know, we would eat, and then the Cowboys games on. Uh, it's some of my fondest memories, Uncle Rogers, watching the games at your house. And I remember going to your house, the house you were when you were in Dixon and up on a riser going downstairs, you had a poster of Herschel Walker. Uh, do you have any favorite players from the Cowboys? Uh, any favorite players that you hold on to today? My, I guess my favorite player of all time is Jason Whitten. And it really, it pains me that he is signed with the Raiders and is no longer a Cowboy. But the fact that he's from Tennessee, uh, uh, I always followed him and have his jersey. And I never did get to meet the man, but uh, I always uh, enjoyed watching him play. I think he's a true ta- talent. I think he's a appears to be a wonderful individual, uh, came from a pretty tough background and to make something of myself. Now, what are some of your memories about uh, about the Dallas Cowboys? What are some of your favorite memories about them? Well, I, Jerry, I have so many. And, again, I've been blessed. that I guess I've been to maybe as many as 25 or 30 games. Uh, I was – I can remember, and I don't remember the year now, but the, uh, the year that Emmett – was looking to break the all-time leading rushing record. I can remember being at home, and um, it was April or May, and tickets had just gone on sale, and I was looking at the schedule, and I had planned to go, and I was trying to pick out the game that I wanted to go see. And I I knew he needed about 700 yards that year to to break the record, and I just happened to – Picked the Seattle game, and so my wife and I we went to that game, and lo and behold, that was a game that he he set the all-time record, and our seats were perfect. He was running 
where we were setting him, just like he was running right towards us. And he came so close to breaking that run for a touchdown. And that was, uh, that was pretty much an emotional moment for the whole stadium uh, and the fanfare afterwards that they had his whole family there. That, that was very special. I, uh, I have some fond memories of going to St. Louis back when it was the old St. Louis Cardinals. I went there as an away game several times, and uh, I took my dad one time. And uh, first time he'd ever, the only time he'd ever seen a game, and uh, thoroughly enjoyed that. We got to stay in the hotel where the Cowboys stayed that night before the game, and uh, we were in the lobby and got to see all the players: Roger Staubach, Randy White, Tony Dorsett, Tutal Jones, all those fellas. So that was a very fond memory. Now, you told me uh, one time, and I want to see if you can tell tell everybody listening about when you went into the facility before they moved to the new one. Well, this goes back in the, in the yeah, I do remember that back in, and again, I don't remember the exact year, but it was in the uh, mid-80s. Uh, Tom Landry was still coach. Cowboys were on the downhill slide, and they had – Happened to have played Cincinnati at a away game and just got beat just terrible. They just got beat down awful. And it just as luck would have it, I, the, the company I worked for, we went to a convention in Dallas. And uh, I'd been out there for a couple of days, Saturday and Sunday. And Monday there were classes. Well, the guy I was with, we cut class and we drove out to a place called Valley Ranch. And that was a uh, training facility that the Cowboys had in, in Dallas to work out during the week in between games. And this was on Monday. Of course, the team was off that Monday. and But we went up to it. It had just finished construction. The sod and everything was still down. And we pulled into the parking lot, and there was only a couple of cars. So it didn't appear – there was hardly anyone there, and we walked up and tried the front door, and the door was locked. Well, being an old country boy, I mean, where do you go when you visit someone? You, you, I mean, you just go to the back door, and that's what we did. We walked around and uh, tried the back door, and lo and behold, it was unlocked. So we walked in. And I'd never seen anything quite like it. We saw all the weight rooms uh, where they had the, the workout equipment and the, the, got into the shower where they had the sauna and the whirlpool and got to see uh, Tom Landry's office and everything was in uh, the cowboy colors. And it was just, I thought it was just Mecca. I didn't think I could ever see anything quite like that. And was lo and behold, we were walking through there, and I come up on Randy White's jersey in the locker room, and it was just hanging there with his helmet and pads, and then not only his but several others. And I wanted to take that jersey so bad, didn't want to steal, but I sure didn't want that jersey. But I didn't take it. Because thank goodness, just a few minutes later, a security guard come walking through and asked, what in the world are you two boys doing in here? And 
we gave him a quick song and dance that we were just big fans. And so he was real nice and gave us a tour of, of everything I'd already seen, but I didn't tell him that. So we got to see it again. And anyway, we uh, got a lot of kick out of that, and that was a lot of fun. And didn't get in trouble. It's a good thing. I, I took that jersey out of pop and got arrested. It, it could have happened, but that would have been an interesting story to call Aunt Teresa and say, uh, guess where I am right now? <laughs> well, see, the, the thing about football, Uncle Roger, and you know this, is it's more than just a game. It means a lot to to people. It means a lot to fans. And uh, what what makes you – What's one of the things that makes you follow the Cowboys like you do? Well, it's just a, again, I just the love of it. I mean, it's uh, it's it's my relaxation. I, I uh, uh, thoroughly enjoy it. I, I don't do a, I don't do any fishing and hunting, and, and it's it's just uh, my my outlet. Uh, you know, and, and I've been following them now for almost fifty years, and probably have watched almost every game on TV, uh, especially now with the DVR and, and, you know, back when you, you recorded it. So I haven't missed probably a handful of games in, in the last 50 years following them. But I was very upset when, when the way Jerry Jones handled Tom Landry, I thought he did a extremely poor, poor job. Uh, of, of doing that, uh, can't imagine treating someone that like Tom Landry after 29 years. But um, uh, I do believe that Jerry Jones wants to win. He, sometimes he goes about it the wrong way. I mean, one of the things that aggravates me the most is he starts talking about the Super Bowl, being in the Super Bowl before the season even starts. I understand having goals and aspirations, but – I, I I don't like that. I think you need to take one game at a time, play your best, and uh, try to win. Well, see, I think you uh, this year you have one of the best teams on paper, and uh, you know signing Cooper the way they did and Zeke, and wonder if they can sign Dak anytime soon. Well, he's yeah, he's going to get his money, and I'm not as I'm not as high on him as, as some other people. Uh, you know, I know nothing about it other than what I see on TV and what I read. I mean, I think he's a he's a he's a good quarterback. I don't think he's a I don't think he's great. I don't think he's a, a Tom Brady or a Peyton Manning or Joe Montana uh, or Troy Aikman or Roger Staubach. I I don't see that yet. Well, let me let me ask you this, and and we will uh, we'll close up with this. If and again, thank you for for uh, for your time today. If if you were to take your fifty years, almost fifty years of football uh, fandom of, of the Cowboys, what makes them? And, and you 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 described some just a second ago, but what makes them family to you? What makes football family to you? Because that's what this podcast is all about. Well, I don't – it is family, although Teresa doesn't watch it with me. I mean, most of the time. She, it gets down. <laughs> if there's a field goal in the fourth quarter with 30 seconds to go, you can look up and she's going to be gone. So so she's not – she can't stand the, 
nerve wracking. <laughs> and I'm jumping up and down either way. And uh, uh, so I don't really know how to answer your question, making it a family because well, it, it's well. Uh, okay, think think about this. When you're at a game, how close do you feel to the people next to you? I mean, are you all in it together, willing the team on? Well, most of the time. Uh, I, I haven't been to any away games other than uh, the Titans. I, I've seen the Cowboys play here uh, five, six years ago. Six years ago, I believe it was. I've been to Atlanta a few times to see them play. Uh, St. Louis, as I mentioned. But uh, And I'll tell you a funny story about going to St. Louis. Um, I can distinctly remember that Trace and I went and we're, we were in – at St. Louis, and those fans were rabid. I mean, and uh, they they were they bled for their uh, Cardinal team. The game was really exciting. We were in the lower deck, and I'm standing up cheering and, and carrying on hollering. And of course, Cardinal fans are all the way around me. And as luck would have it, the Cowboys won. It was cold in the winter time, and. Tracy had just bought a brand new coat, and that, that was a big deal at our house. I don't know what we paid for it, but she had a brand new coat. And somebody from the upper deck, I guess, heard me hollering and jumping up and down and seeing all that, and they they poured beer on us from the upper deck. And so it went all over Tracy's new coat, and um, I had to listen to that all the way home, driving <laughs> I'd close her coat to be worn. <laughs> but family is yeah family and friends going with me i've had friends go to st louis and many friends go to, with me to dallas it's just a good long weekend and it's uh it's fun and uh, it's gotten so expensive though uh you have you have an ask i haven't been in five years to see a game uh last one i seen was when the cowboys beat the raiders uh, just before Christmas in 2014. But you don't get to buy the tickets anymore direct from the club. You have to go through StubHub or Ticketmaster. And I just happened to see um, Sunday the Cowboys are going to play the Falcons. And tickets that I paid $200 a seat for five years ago, and I'm not sure how, if this pertains to the the covid or not, but they were going for $400 per seat. And, and I, I'm just not going to pay that. That's, that's, it makes it hard for families to go to yeah. games. Yeah. And uh, again, there, there's watching it at home is fun, but there's nothing like being there. And well, uh, let me say this that one of the things, again, growing up, as far back as I can remember, I remember the Cowboys playing on Thanksgiving with you at your house. And, uh, that's one of my fondest memories. So I want to thank you for those. Well, you're welcome. Let me tell you one of the things I have, and I haven't, I haven't, it's in my house here and I just, and I've got a souvenir. I've got a, a letter from Tex Schramm, ah. who was the former general manager and president of the Cowboys during the early 1960 era. I mean, he, he was that up until uh, Jerry Jones bought the team in 1990 or 89. 
So I, I've got a letter written to me from him, and I, I cherish that. Absolutely. And I, I, had, I had written in, this was, of course, long before the Internet and all that. I had written in and asked a question, and I got a response from him. So uh, I was not only shocked, but very pleased to that. Well, I want to thank you, Uncle Roger, for your time and uh, for your stories. Again, this is why football is family to me personally, but also for for fans like uh, my Uncle Roger here for the Cowboys. So I want to thank you for that. Yes, sir. Thank you, Jeremy. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Join George Bozica, the president of the PFRA, and myself, John Bozica, each month for the Professional Football Researchers Association official podcast. We'll discuss the history of the game, the many names of the game, and so many different things for you, making the history of football not only entertaining, but fun at the same time, as we join you on the Sports History Network on the official PFRA podcast. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.